0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Perfect Bill. Welcome to Perfect Bill, your first place podcast of the Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux. He is Chris Cullen, Chris
1: How in the hell are you? Great, man. We've added um, a free agent where I finally don't feel too old because he's older than me. Uh, Well, there you go.
0: We'll talk about that. We have a ton to talk about on this episode, yet we don't really have anything specific to talk about, Chris. Uh, We're we're just kind of cleaning out the closet here at Perfectville. we got a bunch of just small nuggets to talk about, to discuss, to to just kind of rehash a little bit of the, the tail end of free agency and just what's going on with the Miami Dolphins in general and what's going on with Perfectville in general. Uh, this is episode 98, Chris. We're Good almost Lord. to episode 100. A little over two years old, this podcast has uh, been going on. And look, you and I were talking a little bit off the air. There has been an influx, an absolute influx of Miami Dolphins-related podcasts on the internet, all over the place, which I think is a good thing. I think you think it's a good thing. Um, That means that people are interested in this team. They're interested in... Talking about this team, the fans are taking control of the narrative when it comes to the media. We aren't, you know, locked into ESPN or or, or even like local radio stations necessarily. Um, Lots of blogs that are out there, lots of YouTube content, analysis, all the fun stuff. Uh, Social media at its finest. And again, I think it's all great and I love it. We weren't the first, um, but we're certainly the best when it comes to this podcast game (laughs) with the Miami Dolphins, sir. And don't you think just a little bit, aren't we allowed to take
1: a little bit of credit here in Perfectville? Sure. If we don't, no one will. Um, And honestly, (laughs) you can go back and listen two years ago. Um, I think our opening episode, you said that uh, we started this thing up because we were just tired of hearing the same guy from ESPN give us the news for the Dolphins or the opinions. And Uh, We noticed that message boards were hot, man. I mean, like they were just very big. That's where we met. Uh, on uh, Dolphins' message board. And the conversation is there. The fans wanted to talk about the teams. And if we wanted to go listen to it in this type of uh, world we are living in now with these uh, technology available, it wasn't there for us. I mean, really, if you listen to the Dan Lebitard show at the time, he was more of a parody of uh, real sports. It wasn't really all, all local. Um, and we needed something from the fans. And you and I both set out and had the idea of wanting to feel like you're at a sports bar and just chatting with your guys, your buddies. Over some uh, pints of beer and shooting the shit and that's what we've done and it's uh, exciting to be a part of this uh, growth spurt so to speak.
0: Yeah, and we're not trashing any of the other shitty, sucky podcasts about the Miami <laughs> Dolphins that are out there. Uh, we're just saying that we're better than the rest of them. And you guys know it. You guys listen to us. You, the citizens of Perfectville, have made us what we are. And of course, I'm kidding about the other podcasts. We're actually, I'm, I'm actually really excited about all the podcasts that are out there, Chris. Um, you know, some of the experts, uh, bona fide experts, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins from a fan standpoint, they've all started podcasts. You've got people that are doing uh, somewhat c- close to the format that we're doing and that just having a little bit of fun uh, and that's the way it should be. So this is good. I- I'm not going to say that we started uh, this podcast thing for the Miami Dolphins, but I do think that we helped. Uh, we are at the forefront of this renaissance that we're seeing when it comes to all the online media here. So uh, enough sucking my ass and your ass. I uh, just wanted to felt point good, that right? out there. Yeah, it did feel good. It felt good to get a good, a little bit of an ass sucking, uh, like you said, because if we don't suck our own ass, no one's going to suck it for us. So, um, That's out of the specific. You know what? That's actually not even true because uh, we do have a new rating, five-star, and review. So apparently uh, we do have people that will suck our ass. But uh, you guys know the drill. Chris talked about it. Uh, we, we have a sports bar field. We're drinking a beer, talking about the Miami Dolphins, and you guys can drink a beer, a nice cold beer, inside of your own Perfectville Sipsack koozie, which you can get for free if you give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And we got another one, Chris. Uh, this one comes from Dolphin Ray. Daniel Fishmonger lives five stars. I don't even know what that means, but it's cool. Um, it says, funny and informative. We need some humor to survive being true dolphins. Ain't that the truth? And I appreciate Dolphin Ray using small words... Uh, for my stupid beer-addled brain to be able to process and read correctly here on the airwaves. So thank you very much, Dolphin Ray. Five stars. You qualify for an Aronde Baxton Perfectville Sip Sack Koozie. Uh, you guys could also purchase those on welcometoperfectville.com. With that mini commercial out of the way, Chris, uh, throw a dart, man. What do you want to talk about first? We uh, Since we were last on the air, we signed a quarterback, kind of. We signed a running back, sort of. And uh, we've had some information come out about Mr. Mike Pouncey and as to why he has actually been uh, excommunicated from the Miami Dolphins. We can talk about the draft. We can talk about the finsies that are coming up on episode 100 and some announcements we have there. Uh, whatever you want, sir. I feel like I need
1: the wheel of whatever. You um, know what? You tell me that to- you oh, are. Oh, oh, no way. You are in luck. You're yes! in luck
0: because we are cleaning out this closet, as I mentioned earlier, and I found the very last wheel of whatever. Now I bought these in bulk, sir, and out of the hundred that I bought, ninety-three of them you broke. Um, the other four were lost, and I accidentally ate one as a pizza topping. Um, so we're down to the very last wheel of whatever, and you—you you just heard the topics. Why don't? Why don't you, for old time's sake? Go Ahead and spin this wheel of whatever, and we'll let the wheel decide what we're going to talk about.
1: Well, I wasn't even prepared for this. Let me put on my uh, fingerless leather there glove real are. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you stand back you son of a bitch. I can't believe you had this. Here we go. Damn,
0: uh, <laughs> I've been going to the gym. Can you tell? I can tell. And plus, I think, are, is that are those diamond studded fingerless gloves? Did you bedazzle that thing?
1: Uh, I did. If you ever watch Kick uh, Boxer, uh, I kind of uh, put tape on them and just dipped them in. Uh, uh, cubic zirconian bedazzling and just let them let let the good times roll man it was awesome
0: Well, you know, I just spent five minutes talking about how great we were as a a (laughs) podcast duo, and I just realized I've been chewing gum into the microphone for the first five minutes of this show. So, I thought uh, you were just
1: uh, pretending you're still sucking your own ass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that is is gum that I'm
0: chewing on. I'm going to go ahead and spit that out. And you know what? While I spit that out, Chris, why don't you see where that wheel actually landed on the wheel of whatever?
1: Yeah, ironically, it landed right where I started. Uh, We signed 34-year-old... Miami's own Frank Gore to a ridiculously minimum contract. Uh, Supposedly, according to Armando Salguero, Frank wanted to end his career at home, where his family lives, where he's from. Always a Dolphins fan, and he gets to kind of bring Kenyon Drake underneath his wing and he sounded excited about it in his interviews and I'm going to tell you Sam looking at his numbers last year with no Andrew Luck uh, to really take the defense off of him he had a good year for an older guy so um, this has always been fun for me I like bringing in these old running backs and uh, remembering the days of yore when you had him on their fantasy team and you drafted him in the first round, and now you're like, he's still in the league? But, <laughs> hey, hey, I want to see him in a Dolphins uniform. Like, who hasn't want to see Frank Gore from the University of Miami in a Dolphins uniform? I'm excited about it. What say you?
0: Yeah, you know, technically ended his career at home, too, but I
1: digress. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh,
0: that might hit the edit floor. Oh, uh, my God. I don't... <laughs> I don't know where I came with that.
1: Oh my oh. god! You're cleaning out your closet for sure. You're getting all the skeletons out too. You piece of shit! Jesus! Uh, I, I feel
0: I feel terrible for saying that. Uh, that's going to be edited.
1: Uh. Um, <laughs> god, that like that stung my stomach <laughs> like immediately. I was like, oh my god, that's fucking uh, hilarious. Good. It's Lord. terrible,
0: and I apologize. that I'm going to hell. But uh, anyway. Oh
1: my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's edit. never happened before.
0: Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> so, uh, well, here's the thing about Frank Gore that that really kind of surprised me because you're right, Chris. You, you look at him and you go, "This guy's 87 years old." Him and John Danny went to high school together back in <laughs> you know 1924. Um, this guy, I think I read something. I might have this wrong, but he's the only running back in the NFL over the last five years to have over 900 yards from scrimmage. For those last five years? Is that right? Did I read that right? Or I heard that or I saw that somewhere. And uh, that kind of blew my mind. But at the same time, didn't surprise me. Because Mr. Gore is nothing else but consistent. I mean, this guy... He's like a lunch pail guy, right? He gets up, he goes to work, he gets his three and a half to four and a half yards per carry, he catches a couple balls out of the background, and then he goes and goes home and, you know, plays video games or something. I don't know what he does after he gets off the field, but I know he brings it on the field every single time. And uh, I don't hate it. You know, Uh, he's not the guy, he's not your your bell cow back. He's not going to be the guy that um, is going to be doing. heavy lifting. But like you said, I think Gase is big on this culture thing like we've talked about and bringing in a a grizzled vet who is loved by the hometown fans and can tell Kenyon Drake what to do, how to be professional, how to act. Uh, I don't hate it, man. Like you said, he wants to end his career here. I'm okay with him ending his career here and doing it in a way where he pays it forward to uh, Kenyon Drake and anybody else in that backfield.
1: Yeah, put it this way. I mean, when he was coming out of the University of Miami and he had just these tragic uh, knee injuries where he tore an ACL rehabbed and came back and then tore the other one. I mean, it was just brutal. I'll never forget it happening. I was actually in high school when he was in college. Um, this guy, gra- I'm sorry, he was drafted in 2005 NFL draft. That was my senior year of high school. And, um, he, out of all those guys on those amazing early 2000 university of Miami teams, if you would have told me then, my senior year, that Frank Gore would be still kicking and out of all those guys, probably one of the last ones left in 2018 and <laughs> signing with the Miami Dolphins, I would have said, you're crazy. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I hadn't really paid much attention to him. Of course, I knew he was a good running back for a long time, very consistent. But when we signed him and I looked back at his numbers, I couldn't believe it. Like he's just, he just consistently, very quietly, just is around 1,000 yards every year with that average you mentioned and just goes to work. That's it, whether on the 49ers, on the Colts, and now on the Dolphins. And he said it too when the Miami Dolphins official website interviewed him after the signing that he's excited to work with Kenyon Drake, uh, a one-two punch, he called it. And he's excited to, just as you said, and it's funny to hear him mention it, uh, help him on and off the field to be a professional. And that's something that uh, will be nothing but beneficial for our young running back. You know, the other thing that's funny about that is that not only do we have Frank Gore,
0: but lining up two people in front of him uh, is our center, Kilgore. Oh, uh, I
1: didn't even fucking think about that. Yeah,
0: so we have Daniel Kilgore, uh, whose job is to make sure that Frank Gore does not get killed, ironically enough, is the center lining up uh, when, when Frank Gore is in the background there. So in the backfield, I should say, so. Uh, yeah, we've we've we're gonna have an all new center of our offensive um, team coming into next year with Daniel Kilgore. We get obviously Ryan Tannehill back under center. We're gonna have Frank Gore back there as well as Kenyon Drake being the starter as opposed to J. next year. So we're gonna have a pretty uh, pretty different looking team uh, yeah. when it comes to offense next year, which kind of leads me to uh, the other piece that we had that we uh, <laughs> a lot of people have been distraught about this and I'm not exactly sure why Uh, I would be distraught if he was our starting quarterback uh, but I really don't see what the problem is for us meaning the Miami Dolphins signing Mr. Brock Osweiler to a one-year contract with very little guaranteed um the fans on twitter chris which by the way you can follow us at perfectville pod on twitter were up at arms uh they were running all over the place like the heroes on fire that we had signed brock osweiler of all people to a one-year contract uh to basically sit on the bench and hold a clipboard uh at best so what are your thoughts i mean uh it's been about a week and a half since the signing has happened but uh i mean i'm not happy about it but i'm not running around scared shitless that uh, the season was lost because we signed a backup veteran journeyman quarterback.
1: Yeah. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. This guy is coming in for no reason at all, other than to be the backup to Ryan Tannehill or whoever our starter will be. And Adam Gase in perfect Adam Gase fashion. You should be used to it by now is bringing in guys he's worked with before. Like he worked with him in Denver He trusts him. I mean, I would rather have Brock Osweiler over fails. I mean, I just don't – if Gase wants to bring this guy in as a camp arm, as a camp body, if Ryan Tannehill or our starting quarterback, I guess I'll just say that because the draft still hasn't come uh, and there's plenty of smoke out there, uh, which there always is before draft. But if Ryan Tannehill goes down – The season's over anyway. Everybody's going to point to Foles and the Eagles, but that's just the exception. That is not the rule, Sam. You know this. Most normal, easy-thinking fans know this. If your starting quarterback goes down in the NFL, your team's pretty much... Fucked so I mean bringing in Brock Osweiler who cares like best case scenario he doesn't even see the field worst case scenario he if he has to play the season's over anyway so why is everybody crazy about it It's just getting worked up over nothing
0: Uh, I agree and you know what again it's a very uh, minimal contract it's a very low risk contract I don't even want to call it a high reward. I mean, look, if Brock Osweiler is on the field for the Miami Dolphins in 2018, the season is done, like you yeah. said. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So what does it really matter? Because if Brock Osweiler isn't there, then it would be Matt Moore. And if it's not Matt Moore, then it's David Fails. And if it's not David Fales, then it's another one of these retread guys that isn't going to get us to where we ultimately need to go, which is the Super Bowl. Uh, because, again, the key is Ryan Tannehill this year uh, and probably next year as well.
1: If you look at it too, we were was rumored to be uh, interested in Chad Henney. And if you look at the numbers of the contract he got to be the backup, wherever he fucking went, I don't even know where to go to Kansas City or uh, Tennessee or some shit. He got signed and he got like a $6 million deal, something ridiculous. Um, so in comparison, Chad Henney, who uh, just spits in a styrofoam cup and says, fuck yeah, with a mustache, uh robot head. You're going to pay four more, five more million dollars than you just did for Brock Osweiler, and, and Gase is familiar with him? I mean, it's obvious. It was an easy move, and it's not a big deal. Uh, yeah,
0: again, it doesn't really matter. I, Brock Osweiler, uh, welcome to Perfectville, I guess. I don't really care. You know, rent, don't buy. I don't think you're going to be here long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Frank Gore, uh, welcome to Perfectville. You can stay as long as you'd like. We have cookies and enjoy yourself. Um, now he's we He's a senior again,
1: discount, too, down at the cafe
0: yeah he does absolutely he does you know just hobble your ass down there and uh you know get yourself some uh flan or whatever the fuck
1: old people eat i don't know what old people eat werther's original candies that shit's the bomb though you know what is so good everybody hates on that for being an old thing i'll eat the shit out of werther's Uh, originals
0: man i if i could buy i would like sell things and instead of getting cash i got werther's i'd be okay with it yeah you know what I mean? It's it's today's currency. It's it's It melts in your mouth and sometimes your pocket when you forget because you're old and it's in your pocket. But, uh, and your no, pants are made of wool. <laughs> yeah, wool pants aren't fun. That's true. That's Good thing true. we don't
1: wear pants at Perfectville.
0: That's right. We got rid of pants. We have a pants ban. We have a tariff. We have decreed a tariff <laughs> on any and all pants, uh, 300% tariffs on importing pants into Perfectville. Uh, how's that for fucking topical? Um Anyway. Hey, speaking of
1: that, Sam, before we get too far from it, how, did you see Garfinkel's uh, funny little fucking April Fool's joke about the uniform reveal? Yeah, fuck Tom Garfinkel <laughs> because I fell for it like an you asshole. Too, at first, I'm just like, holy shit, they're really going to fucking go with this shit. <laughs> Like They're going to try to be like arena league futuristic What the hell, it's hideous And then I was like, oh, it's April 1st
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm an idiot So Tom Tom Garfinkel, for those that don't know uh, Part of the front office of the Miami Dolphins Actually a really cool guy Seems to uh, yeah. seems to get it, seems to interact with the fans Seems to enjoy the podcasts that are out there uh, I believe he is a citizen of Perfectville Whether he wants to admit it or not uh, But if you haven't followed him on Twitter, you should Because you get a lot of good, you know, breaking news Out of Tom Garfinkel from time to time And people have been harassing him about these subtle and i and i should point out subtle uh, uniform change that the Miami Dolphins are going to have next year and by that i mean we i think we're we're basically just changing the shade of aqua and the shade of coral that we have on our, on our jerseys. It's nothing uh, that's going to be like, wow, we, we, we've completely dramatically changed everything, but he had some fun with it. And he was actually posting some fan designs that people have come out with where they have extreme changes uh, to the uniform. And he did it on April 1st and I just wasn't paying attention. And I was like, Holy shit, this is, this is the topic (laughs) of the next Perfectville right here. And then it took me about five minutes and I went, Oh, damn you Chandler.
1: (laughs) Damn you Chandler.
0: Uh, yeah. Damn you, Chandler Bing. Um, <laughs> it, I did. I broke the glass. Yeah, emergency podcast system. I rang the bell. I'm like, Chris, get home. Dinner bell.
1: Imagine if we recorded like half of a podcast and both went, oh, fuck. A table first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it got to us at the exact same time. We're like, oh, Jinx, show me a Coke. And then we hung up. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, what are we... Ta- oh, it's my turn to spin the wheel, huh? Well, oh, since yeah. we... Yeah, we just talked about all five topics that were on the wheel of whatever after it landed on <laughs> Frank Gore. Uh, let's just. Uh, let's you want to borrow my here. glove? You know, yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you hand hair. me that glove? Yeah, here, give me it. Oh my God, what is, is that? Are you sure that's sweat? No. Oh my dude, I feel like OJ. It doesn't even fit on my hand anymore. It shrunk. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I am allergic to leather. Ah-choo! Oh, my God. Did you notice that when I sneezed, it actually spun the wheel all by itself?
1: Ooh, it actually got around one whole turn, so it counts. It did. It totally counts.
0: And uh, it actually landed on... The Real Reason Mike Pouncy Left. Now, this is Ooh. interesting, Chris, and, and uh, it's weird that this was on here because this wasn't originally on here, but uh, I'm glad it is because I actually found an article by Armando Salguero uh, where he talked about the real reason Mike Pouncy is no longer a Miami Dolphin. And uh, we've all heard the reasons why, right? He's got bad hips. Uh, he wanted um, more money. He was bad in the locker room. He's not as good as he once was. Uh, And if you read this article uh, at the Miami Herald for Armando Salguero, he'll tell you that none of those reasons are why he's gone. Yet all of those reasons are why he's gone. And if that sounds confusing, that's because it's fucking confusing. Uh, But what he's talking about here is it wasn't just one of those things, and it wasn't all of them. They didn't decide, you know what, we're going to move on from Mike Pouncey. Uh, What happened is that our plans were to have Mike Pouncey next year, and we know that his hips aren't necessarily great. We know that his level of play is no longer elite. We know that he wants more money that he wasn't going to get from us, uh, but we also know that he's done a lot for this franchise, and he was not, according to Armando Salguero, one of the guys that was a locker room cancer. What happened is that the San Francisco 49ers uh, called the Miami Dolphins and said, hey, we are shopping Daniel Kilgore. Would you guys like him? We're basically uh, taking, you know, giving you a discount. He wants to go play for the Miami Dolphins because this is something I didn't know, Chris, but the, the the Niners actually went to Daniel Kilgore and said, we've got about three teams that we want to call that we think you would match up with. Who do you want us to work with? And he picked the Miami Dolphins. Hmm." Yeah, he, he said, look, this is where I want to go. I think I can have success with the Miami Dolphins. Trade me there if you can make it work. And that's why you saw the trade compensation as low as it was for Daniel Kilgore, because uh, he wanted to be with the Miami Dolphins, and the Niners were just looking to unload him. So basically what happened is the Miami Dolphins, according to Hormando Salguero, were planning on having Mike Pouncey in 2018 until the Niners called and said, would you like this guy? And they said, yes, we would. At that point, all of those reasons that uh, weren't a reason became a reason. And they got rid of Mike Pouncey uh, because they just ultimately think that Daniel Kilgore is going to be better in their run uh, blocking scheme. And – uh that's the story. That's why Mike Pouncey is now a Los Angeles Charger and Daniel Kilgore is now a Miami Dolphin. What this move also allowed us to do is to go out and sign Josh Sitton, who is going to be a guard playing right next to Daniel Kilgore. And when you add those two together, I think it makes sense to have uh, Mike Pouncey go away if you can shore up your interior line in the run game with Sitton and Kilgore, don't you
1: think? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost my sam- same line of thinking with Sue, where um, if you can get two good players for the same amount of money. Um, than playing a great player, semi-great player for that same amount of money. You take the two players because those are that's one less hole you have to fill. So the same thing I was saying with Sue. If we can get Godchow and and uh, Jordan Phillips to, of course, not gonna play to Sue's level. He's elite, but the drop off isn't too drastic. Then we can use all the money we're saving from him to shore up better players all around those guys to make a better, solid defense. Like we said in our last episode, it's not like we we're setting the world on fire on defense and winning super. Super Bowls when the Dominic sue So you might as well take that money and spread it out, uh, invest your money wisely. And that's what we look to be doing. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can get rid of Pouncey and fill it with Kilgore and Sitton uh, sign me up all day.
0: Yeah. Here's the interesting thing though, that, uh, I didn't really realize until I started reading this is, is basically Daniel Kilgore is a great run stuffing, or I should say run blocking center. Uh, when it comes to pass protection, he is uh, he's a little bit suspect, Chris, and he was ranked, uh, I think, 23rd out of all 32 centers last year, uh, mainly due to his pass protection or lack thereof. However, once Jimmy Garoppolo took over the quarterback spot for the San Francisco 49ers, he was top 10 in pass pro for those mm-hmm. last four or five games. So I, I, I'm scratching my head here as to what we really have when it comes to Daniel Kilgore. Is it a guy who... Uh, struggles in pass protection? Because if so, that doesn't do Ryan Tannehill any favors. Or is he a guy that has to mesh with the appropriate quarterback? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo came out and said the first person that he really, really got um, to know when he came to the San Francisco 49ers was Dan Kilgore. And it paid off towards the end of the season And that Daniel Kilgore didn't give up a, a sack or even a hit to Jimmy Garoppolo in those last five games. So uh, is it the effect of having a good quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo know that hey this guy's limitations are this and I know I'm going to need to get rid of the ball quickly or is it them having a good chemistry and knowing where the other one's going to be and in turn blocking appropriately or is it a scheme fit I'm, I'm very curious as to what we have when it comes to Daniel Kilgore and the Miami Dolphins
1: yeah, I mean, maybe Garoppolo was just a little bit more gentle under the old fruit basket there uh, than mm. the quarterback before him. I think one of the coolest things with Kilgore is once we signed Frank Gore. Uh, The first thing he did was tweet out a photo of them hugging on the field in 49ers uniforms and asking the fans of the Miami Dolphins to Photoshop them in Dolphins uniforms. I mean, that's a kind of real deep shit that you don't see often in social media. These guys kind of keep it to the chest. Uh, But to see him excited about his former teammate um, over in the 49ers back with him in Miami now. Uh, just finding out from you, it's breaking news to me, that he told the 49ers, I want to go to Miami. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. So for him to be excited about that, and then the first news he gets while being a member of the Miami Dolphins is that Frank Gore is joining him. To see that excitement was uh, really genuine and wholesome. I loved it.
0: Yeah, and that's and I do think that that's part of the culture change uh, that Adam Gase, Mike Tannenbaum, and the Miami Dolphins front office is looking for, is to see people who want to be here, people that want to be teammates with the other people that are here, yeah. not looking out for themselves. Uh, and, well, he said and it in that interview.
1: The- he said uh, they they got alpha dogs now that won't deal with the bullshit that some of these guys dealt with last year. Uh, He said that point blank, and everybody really uh, started making fun of the meme that was generated from that interview where Adam Gase made kind of an odd face. But I think the biggest two things that came out of that interview was him saying just what you just said, Sam. He said, we got alpha dogs in here now that aren't going to deal with the bullshit, Uh, literally word for word verbatim what he said, uh, that occurred in the locker room last year. So you're absolutely right. He's bringing in team-playing guys. Guys in the locker room maybe will go out hanging out together um, or just at least having that chemistry there. Uh, There's even current players that went anonymously off record saying that uh, there was some guys that tried to be vocal leaders last year and it was just fell on deaf ears because it was nothing Mm. but yelling and screaming. Mm. And when they asked who it was, he just said he can't say, but he's just no longer on the team. Uh, obviously, don't know who it is, but I doubt it was Ndamukong Suh. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure we all know who it is. <clears throat> exactly. So yeah. uh, that's what he's doing. That's what Adam Gase is doing, and um, it, it, so far so good. But we all know uh, we to temp- temper our expectations in the off season. We've been burnt by it before.
0: Well, we have, and uh, we've been burnt by our draft picks in the past, and that's really the, the last thing that uh, is on the wheel of whatever, so we don't need to spin it again. Uh, but I do want to talk, touch a little bit about the draft, and I am working on trying to get a guest here on the show here on Perfectville to talk about the draft and the Miami Dolphins specifically. Uh, but for right now, Chris, I wanted to get your just your thought, based on what's happened in free agency, and I think we're pretty much done spending any uh, reasonable amount of money and making any more trades when it comes to uh, the roster right now, at least until after June 1st. Uh, But looking at what we did, uh, looking at the pieces we brought in and the pieces that have gone out and maybe the positions that we have and have not addressed uh, via free agency and trades and everything else, uh, what does your gut tell you right now that the Miami Dolphins are going to do with the 11th overall pick in the first round uh, in the upcoming draft?
1: Well, for me personally, and I always get attached to players and it just never works out that way, but um, I'm looking at four guys. I'm looking at four guys, uh, either one very well possibly could be at our pick at 11 i don't want to trade capital i don't want to move up If anything i would like to move down uh we're Mm. pretty strong very quarterback heavy draft so there's going to be a lot of uh qbs and an elite running back coming before our pick most likely five six players counting offensive linemen maybe even seven will be all offense And uh, positions that we don't really have a need for. So there's a really good chance that one of these four guys are going to follow our pick. And I like Derwin James from Florida State. Um, I I love his swagger. He hits. He reminds me a lot, a lot of a ball-hawking Rashad Jones. Like he just really reminds me of a guy you can move up into the box. He can make big plays against the run. But he's also cocky, confident, swagger. And that's just something I feel we need on our defense also like um, Minka fixed Patrick if he falls, mm-hmm. of course, Alabama safety. Uh, and then my two favorite guys as well uh, – I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these four. I really like all of them and it really changes our defense – is uh, Edmonds, the r- linebacker from Virginia Tech, and Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. I mean these guys are just all over the field, athletic as hell, sideline to sideline, uh, just – if you turn on the games against elite talent, when they're playing in a national championship and they're playing in an SEC championship against uh, first round running backs, first round linemen, they are just making play after play after play. And, uh, they, any one of those four guys uh, change completely the culture of our defense and, uh, make us better. You said something that
0: I think is maybe being overlooked. I haven't not heard a lot of people talk about this, but the way this is shaping up in, in years past, you know, if we needed a, uh, a quarterback, You know, there were seven teams in front of us that needed a quarterback as well. If we needed uh, an offensive lineman, there were five people in front of us that needed an offensive lineman, and there were maybe four elite players to pick from. You know, so it was something we either had to trade up or, you know, take the crap left over. This is the first draft in a while that I can think of where the Miami Dolphins need defensive help, I think, first and foremost. And... Most of the teams in front of them are looking at quarterbacks and offensive linemen, like you said. So this is an area where you just named the four that I think most of us as Dolphins would love to have, any of those guys. Um, We need linebacker help, so I think I'm more of the mindset of going towards Edmonds or Smith if they happen to fall. I don't know if they will or not, but one of those four players is probably going to be there at 11. And I'm with you. I don't think we need to trade up unless we are just absolutely 100% in love with some quarterback prospect that Adam Gay says, you know what, I need to have that guy on my my team. Um, I I say we stay put. I don't think we trade back. I say we stay put. We figure out, look, uh, whoever's going to fall to us is going to be a good player. They all seem to fit, at least uh, to my eye, uh, into a scheme that we can work with. You know, even Vita V, a defensive tackle. I mean, we we can use somebody like that as well. So, uh, I, I kind of like where we're at right now, to be honest. Maybe I'm just being uh, Mister Homer over here, but I think we stay put and we see who falls to us and say, all right, we'll take who is the best of the best on defense when it comes to the first round. Now, I also think we have to address uh, tight end, and it never hmm. hurts. It never hurts to have more offensive linemen, um, so i don 't know where we 're going to go in the second and third rounds and things of that nature, but I would imagine at some point we 're going to have to address the tight end issue because uh, that 's just abysmal as well but we 're not going to do that with no- the number eleven pick. Um, what do you make though, and like you you talked earlier about these smoke screens, uh, what do you make of the fact that the Miami dolphins are scheduling visits with quarterbacks you know top tier first round quarterbacks. Uh, to visit because we only allowed so many visits. Chris, uh, is it just due diligence? Is this a smoke screen, or is there legit, you know, smoke and fire here where they are looking for the future franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins?
1: I think they're just being smart. Um, where if if the draft allows, if the chips fall, and they're at eleven and say they Adam Gase is just like I have to have Baker Mayfield on my team. Let's just say. That's just like the love child of Dolphins Twitter right now. He can be the same for Allen or Rosen. Who knows? But let's just say he is just absolutely banging on the desk like I don't care if Ryan Tannehill is really good and I like him a lot. His ceiling's here. I see this guy just through the roof like you said. He just falls in love with him, has to have him on our team, and he's sitting there at 8 or 9, and somebody calls and the capital to get up there isn't too much. I can see – that that happening, and it's one of those things where um, you have to be ready for anything. Every draft you ever watch, every single year, something crazy happens where uh, everybody, all the fans, the talking heads on ESPN, just constantly say this guy's going number top five, top five, top five, and then he's sitting there at fifteen where he's sitting there at 20. So they're definitely being smart and preparing for anything because a a guy could fall. Look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he does have uh, Baker Mayfield, that is, that one little incident, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and minuscule and has caused all kinds of um, just unfair comparisons to Johnny Manziel and things like that. Uh, where who knows, he might fall, but at least one team's falling love with that guy, and he's going top 10. I just don't see it, Uh, but they're preparing for it, and that's what they're doing. Uh, They're utilizing a lot of their uh, visits. The good thing about being a Miami Dolphins fan and Miami Dolphins front office person is that they can have a shit ton of local guys Come visit, and just so happens that the majority of the talent is from South Florida, so they get a real good uh, advantage there, as opposed to like you know New England or something where uh, it's nothing but offensive linemen coming out of there. So it's nice that they can uh, have that advantage too. But I think they're just playing it smart, man.
0: Uh, I uh, I think you're right. I hope you're right. I, I don't see a need for us to get a quarterback this year. I think you you know if you've committed to Ryan Tannehill and you've redone his contract and it's set up in a way where he is your starting quarterback for the next couple years, then you plant your flag and you say, you know what, Ryan Tannehill is our starting quarterback. We're going to go give him the weapons that we think he needs. We're going to protect him the way we think he needs to be protected. And then we're going to go focus on making sure that our defense, which was garbage last year, especially with the linebackers, um can be fixed and rectified and give, uh, and give that side of the ball a fighting chance. So if you get Ryan Tannehill back, he can go out there, he can uh, sling the ball around to all those mighty, mighty midgets that we have now for <laughs> wide receivers. Uh, you've got Frank Gore, who uh, might not run fast, but he can tell Kenyon Drake to run fast um, <laughs> behind Kilgore. It's <laughs> then, like specific
1: uh, rim. He's just controlling him from a robot.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's just in the he's like he's gonna be like the uh the the tail hair back. Like you'll, you'll have the tail back and then fifteen yards behind Kenyon Drake, he won't actually be an active player. He'll just be back there yelling, Go left, go right. Like he'll tell him which way to go. I don't know if we can get away with that, but Avatar uh, is try. connected
1: by like the long ponytail or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. they'll they'll just put an umbilical cord between Frank <laughs> Gore and Kenyon Drake and uh and when he's ready, he'll just you don't know, chew through the umbilical cord and run off into the end zone. <laughs>
1: Right behind behind Kilgore. I'm excited for the season just to see someone like shitty Dan Fouts uh, have one of our games and completely just botch saying uh, Frank Gore up the middle behind Kilgore uh, for a touchdown. Wait, uh, Kilgore with a run. Frank Gore with a block. Wait, uh, overload, overload, overload. Yeah, Fun fact, people don't know this,
0: but Dan Fouts uh, Actual birth first name is Shitty, so Chris is <laughs> not making fun Of him, his actual name is Shitty Dan Fouts A lot of people don't know that um, Obviously I don't have anything else To fucking talk about, Chris uh, is there, I don't know if you do, but uh, like I said We're just kind of cleaning out the closet here And uh, again, stay tuned You can find us on um, iTunes, you can find us on Twitter At PerfectvillePod, you can find us on Instagram PerfectvillePodcast uh, you can give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple I, uh, Apple Podcast, also known as iTunes. Once you do that, you do qualify for a free Aronde Baxton Sip Sack, Perfectville Koozie. Uh, we got to shorten that name at some point. That thing's
1: super long. Um, I'm glad you're always the one that says it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I figure, you know, uh, we've got some left over. we got to get them out there uh, to the world, to the masses. Yeah. Um, and that's about it, man. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here today? No, I'm tired, man. Let's go. You know what? Nobody's doing that. <laughs> like, let's have a let's have a let's have a, an on-air production meeting. Um, instead of T-shirts, what if we got Perfectville pillowcases? <laughs> and then right before everyone, and they would just say goodbye from, and then on the other side, I would say good night.
1: Good from... night from Perfectville. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. That'd be great. And like, we're the last thing they see. They start just like dreaming yeah. of our podcast. They start dreaming of all the pothole-filled
0: streets that line Perfectville everywhere. <laughs> the closed strip malls that are on the downtown part of Perfectville. Uh, the
1: oh, <laughs> that callback now <laughs> on crack breaking into his house to rob the, him.
0: The mail. <laughs> Do you think? killed in <laughs> like some weird <laughs> d- drug ring that would, that would exactly what happened <laughs> I, think, I think so i think well it, it you know it could have been it was actually one of three it was either <laughs> or <laughs> or <laughs> it just kind of depended on uh whose number was called that day um oh god okay
1: well all that's A fun going editing on. this one yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well uh i don't know man i think i think pillowcases perfectville pillowcases that say good night from perfectville Uh, that might be the next thing we do and then i can sit on 7500 of those just like i do with these stupid koozies all right guys uh, chris since there's nothing else to talk about and since i'm probably going to get sued um why don't we get the hell out of here and with that good night from perfectville
1: later perfectville